You're standing in Onken in this month's House of Keys general election. It's the first time you've stood for election. Why is the time right now? The time, the time is right now because I think there are lots of things wrong. Uh, there always have been ever since I've been here, but it's never been a real problem because the business that I was in didn't wasn't really concerned with doing business on the Isle of Man. It was here for the tax, uh, as as many businesses were. And although the, all the administration took place here, the the, the, the actual business end of the was was, was in the UK, um, uh, Southern Ireland, uh, and elsewhere. So uh, that's the the, the the difference. So when uh, no longer working. I'm thinking, well, time's getting on. I might not be around in five years' time to be able to stand. So uh, uh, I need to get out there and see if I can uh, improve things for my uh, the future of my uh, family and everybody else. Because I know that there's been uh, much, you know, a lot of concern um, about. things that have been happening over the last few years and the seemingly lack of control of uh, uh, that um, uh, Tinwood exercises and it needs changing. And we will come back to that as we go through this interview. You declared your intention to stand on the 25th of August, so just under a month before voters do go to the polls. Why did you leave it so late? And is it realistic to be able to canvas the whole of Onken before people head for for the for the ballot box? Well, uh, the, the first point is that um, uh, I wasn't going to stand at all. Um, uh, but um, uh, Peter Caron, who uh, has been a long-time member of Onken but retired a few years ago, and since then... My feeling is that um, uh, a lot of the uh, government uh, accountability disappeared when when he retired. And um, uh, when he decided that he wouldn't stand anymore, he he urged me to stand in his stead. And really, uh, that that brought about the uh, the coming in at that time. Um, uh, So that's that's why I've only got the the four weeks. So far as... um, uh, canvassing all, all, the whole of Onken in that time is almost a physical impossibility. Um, I've been out on the streets, uh, not literally, but um, uh, going round to see people in houses uh, and in their homes and, and chatting with them uh, for several for several days now, and I'll carry on right through to uh, to the uh, election day, um, and I'll see as many people as I can. I've had a very, very good reception on, on the doorstep. I've been able to discuss uh, people's concerns and things, and a lot of them gel with, uh, with, with, with my views. Uh, it really needs to get control back for the benefit of the people rather than the benefit of the, of the civil servants. Many people will know you as Albert Goubet's right-hand man. Do you think that's a help or a hindrance to this well, campaign? Well, I, I really haven't given it a lot of thought because, um, uh, as you know, Mr Goubet is dead. Um, uh, his fortune, is, uh, most of it went into, into trust and it is now being administered by his trustees and I don't take any part in that. So, so no. But my time with him was incredibly val- valuable. He was a wonderfully um, uh, gifted uh, businessman. Um, and um, uh, he, uh, I learned a lot from him, uh, working with him over 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 many years. And um, uh, I know how to. Uh, uh, and of course, he always was a very hard taskmaster. So I know exactly 
what is required and how it should be done because you can have you know in all in the you can have a, a soft hand but a firm grip and of course that's what we we, we don't have here uh, and there really isn't any business sense within the government because there are no business people within the government that's the major problem and uh, it's, it becomes too parochial i mean the interesting thing is going round on the doorstep um uh, i think i've seen three or four very very talented businessmen who've retired here, one who lives here because his business is still here, but who've retired here, um, and, and they tell me that during their time, when they were uh, starting a business and they'd moved over, they decided, they asked, they tried to develop their businesses on the island, but never, ever were able to do so. So they were all developed in the UK. You are standing as a Liberal Vannin Party candidate. How long have you been a member of the party? Well, I've been a member since Peter Peter Carroll decided that he wasn't going to to stand. I mean, the great thing about Liberal Vannin is I I agree with all uh, all, all their intentions and all their policies because they're so simple and straightforward and they're what everybody, you know... But I, I, I was brought up... To um, believe that everybody is free, and everything should be fair, no one should be treated badly, and that's the way my life has been run ever since then. I mean, you know, it it, it goes back to childhood, and um, uh, it'll I'll never I'll never change from that. So I had no problem becoming, you know, standing uh, as Liberal Bannon um, and uh, a candidate because, see, the, one of the other major problems with the Manx politics, there are no party politics as such. That means, I mean, the way I look at it is this, we have 24 MHKs standing mainly as independents, although they might be pseudo um, uh, 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 Labour or pseudo this or pseudo... The answer is, as soon as um, they're elected... You end up with uh, following the chief minister, which should be elected. The chief minister should be elected by the people rather than by um, uh, the MHKs anyway. But having overlooking that at this point, um, you end up with a chief minister party because if you don't follow the chief minister's line, you get the sack. So what's the point of having 24? They don't even work as a uh, 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 as a coalition. Which is which is another what could happen, um, and if you without the without the political party system, you uh, you have that problem. It is a major problem on the island, and it really needs changing. Uh, and I would be uh, uh, that would be one of the points that I would make a long term change to get that sorted out, so that it becomes an accountable government. At the moment, you don't have an accountable gov- government because really. It's very difficult to get rid of the chief minister, however good, bad or indifferent he might be. So um, that's just the way it works. It needs needs changing. So let's talk about some of your priorities then if you were to be elected. Your manifesto focuses on what you perceive to be a lack of control Mm. within government, the economy and the civil service. Mm. You say the latter, the civil service, is not fit for purpose. Correct. What do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is the civil service should serve the the civil service. The word should mean what they say. Uh, they, They serve the people and currently they serve themselves. And they really do not. I cannot recall any part ever hearing one government minister say anything about bad, anything bad about another government minister. Incompetent, this, that, that. It doesn't happen. 
Everybody protects everybody else's back. That's the way the club works. And the club has got to stop. It has to stop. It has to. Then they all have to be accountable. None of them are accountable. They can waste money. And bear in mind, every, every penny that is spent on this island by the government comes from the taxpayer or tax resources, which should be available for the people, not for feathering uh, the, the uh, uh, civil servants' nests. And that's what's happening. We are so over-regulated now. With, even since 1986, since I came over, there are, there are crazy regulations they've brought in. So you want Timor to take control of the civil service, you say, and dictate policy. Do you think there's an appetite for a Timor dictatorship? Well, that's what government is. Government is a dictatorship by a multiple number of people. Otherwise, you have a dictatorship and you can either have a benevolent dictatorship or a, uh, a harsh dictatorship. But that government is a dictatorship. So who's going to do the dictating? The elected uh, uh, MHKs or the unelected um, hierarchy in the civil service? They're the people who are doing the dictating at the moment. And that's entirely wrong. They're not accountable to anybody. No one, no one gets fired for making serious mistakes. You um, are also keen to see economic growth on the island. One of the ways that you would like to do that, you say, is to immediately suspend work permit legislation. As you say, they serve no purpose. Great. Why don't they serve a purpose? Isn't the provision that's there designed to protect local jobs for local people? Well, you see, that's the fallacy. That's the problem. Why would you protect a job for someone who can't do it? That's not the way to make things work. If, 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 there, if there aren't people on the island who can do it, then you bring people over who can do it. The government do it all the time, all the time. Uh, and, but, 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 they, but, and that, because they, they, they can do that, it, sh it should mean that everybody else can do that because you can't run a successful economy by, by feather bedding people who are not up to doing what... Uh, what the tasks that are, that are there to be done. There's always a job for everyone, but not everybody has the top job. On one hand, though, you want to, you say you want to suspend the work permit legislation. Mm. On the other hand, you say you want to manage the population suitably. How do the two go in tandem? If we scrap the work permit legislation, yeah. surely that means that the population can grow without any control. Well, the population needs to grow needs to grow significantly without control. Well, you don't need control until there's a problem, and there won't be any problem on the Isle of Man for population growth until we get to, like, 200,000, 300,000. You have to bear in mind that during the tourist industry, during the, the, the heyday of the tourist industry, every, every week during the summer, there were four, five, six hundred thousand 600,000 people on the Isle of Man. I know a lot of them. A lot of them were, were 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 visitors, but they were all here and they were all being serviced properly. I mean, they all need accommodation. They all need food. They all need things to do. So all of that. So the the economy, the island is plenty big enough. You look. You, all you have to do is say, well, okay. Um, uh, we know that um, uh, Jersey is um, uh, less than a quarter the size of the Isle of Man. Uh, how do they ever get all those hundred and twenty thousand people into Jersey? Well, they get them in there because it's very easy to do, and it's much easier to do it here. And I take that point, but you're talking there about tourists. They're not the people that need a doctor. They're not the people that need a school but, place. They're not the people that need a dentist. If you want the population to increase, and as you say, increase quickly, mm -hmm. 
How do you make sure that that infrastructure, which is already creaking, well, is only, going to be in place? Well, it, 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 it's, it's very simple. Uh, it's creaking because it's not looked after properly. It's, it's not thought through properly. And the way you do it, you increase it as you increase the, uh, the, the, the numbers of people on the island. That's the way you, you do it. You do it incrementally. You can't possibly, there's no, there's no point in having uh, uh, 30 dentists. You, you only need s- seven of them. Uh, but you, you know, there's more and more space for, 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 for uh, all of the service industries that go with having a, an increasing population as the population increases. You're not going to be able to bring in, unless we actually turn around and say, OK, well, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have um, uh, half a million people from Afghanistan uh, on the Isle of Man, and they, we, then they, and they can come tomorrow. I mean, that's the only way that what you're postulating will arise. It won't arise because... The population will only increase when there is work here and the work will only increase when there are opportunities here and there won't be opportunities here until they change the system. That's the problem. When we look at economic growth, a couple of the ideas let's touch on that you have um, listed in your manifesto. Mm. Um, One of them is you'd like to create a bloodless diamond exchange. How much money do you think that would generate for the Manx economy? Do you know, I really have no idea, but what I'm saying is... You've got to think of things. And these were just things that I thought of on, on, on the spot. I am not a business innovator. I am a, a businessman who can make businesses work that someone else might have thought of. Because, you know, I, I'm a great believer in the not invented here. Uh, uh, is, is I adopt readily other people's good ideas because you can never get anywhere. If it's not your idea, then you don't want to know about it. Well, you might as well pack up. So... There are lots of people out there who can come up with good ideas for it. These are just a few of them. But whether it creates a lot of money or not, it doesn't matter. A lot of industries on the Isle of Man don't employ a lot of people. But we have a lot of high-quality engineering here, which needs to be grown. And it needs to be incent- not, not incentivized in the way of finance. It needs to be incentivized in the way of the culture of the, of, of the government encouraging more and more of it. Now, obviously, we've touched on the economy there. I know you are also um, passionate about social mobility, about education. Um, But what I would like to do um, is just touch on Onken, the constituency that you Mm. want to represent. Mm. What do you think the biggest issues are that are facing Onken? Well, I think one one of the serious problems uh, is the uh, uh, law and order is a problem in Onken. Um, and the other thing is the, um, uh, uh, the the fact that the quality of the commissioners in Onken in providing services appears to, from responses that I've had from people going around, and I wasn't really aware of this, uh, appears to be uh, have gone down significantly. In that um, uh, hedges are, are, are overgrowing. Um, footpaths and, 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 and paving um, and uh, uh, there's uh, one, I was shown a particular pothole in a pavement that someone said well you know uh, the this this was uh, dug up by uh, uh, one of the utilities and they said they'd come back and fix it and it's never been fixed and it's you know a classic tripping you know, you can see Unless, unless you're young and agile, you, know, you, could, you could easily just walk along. And if it was dark, of course, even if you were young and agile, you'd probably trip on it as well. Uh, those, those sorts of things that really the phone call 
to the commissioners should bring someone out, look at it and get it sorted. But it doesn't happen. So, yeah, from, from a local sort of commissioner's point of view, you see, I think that um, most people who, who uh, uh, live in a, a, a voting area, they're concerned about their, what's going on outside their door. And they want, you know, another one, uh, uh, other, other concerns about speeding through uh, various parts of Onken, uh, various sort of straight long roads which don't have any speed bumps or slowing areas. And as you, you, know, you start off within the limit and by the time you're, other, you're, you're, you're halfway down, you're going sort of like twice the limit because that's what happens when, you, when, you're, in, when you're in a car and there's not a lot of traffic on the road. Whereas if you had um, uh, you know, speed bumps or these sorts of things, you know, something sensible to, to make, to, to make the, the um, speed limits um, uh, be adhered to more, more readily. Just to touch on uh, the point that you raised about law and order mm. in Onken, obviously we know that antisocial behaviour does appear to be an issue in mm. the constituency. Mm. Um, you say that you think Onken should have its own youth workers and a drop-in centre. Mm. The point about the young, and all, you know, it's been the same... I mean, I was young once. I can't quite remember when, but it's, um, anyway, I was. Um, and you have, you know, you, you, certain children are very easy to deal with because they just need something to keep them occupied. Other children of the same age and from the same sort of family structures and things are much more belligerent and they need dealing with in a they need they need to be a different way of approaching uh, that and of course the um, the fact is you really need two sorts of depending on how many children there are in an area, uh, and my understanding is that there's quite a lot in Onkin, uh, is that you, know, you need to have both facilities available and both need to have the right um, uh, 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 staff, the, the, right, the right people who are looking there, to be able to deal with both sides of that, uh, 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 of that problem. And uh, that, that's, the, that's the way it's got to be done. But it has to be addressed... As, a, as, as there, there is something that's wrong, there, there is a solution to it, let's get the solution in. But it's not. It's, well, well, we've got that, so there, there, that's good enough. All right, so you can, you know, the fact that it's not working, forget about that, because you have it. And, uh, you know, it's not our fault it's not working. It's, uh, it's the children's fault or, you know, the young, the young people's fault. And that's not fair. That's not fair. And just finally, Peter, um, to finish, we ask um, each candidate that is standing um, to tell us why should people in Onken vote for you on September the 23rd? Well, they should vote for me on September the 23rd because I will, I will bring a breath of fresh air into uh, government, into Tinwald. I would, I would call out every bad event that, that takes place. I will make sure that everybody on the island is aware of it. And if they're aware of it, then there might be a little bit of a, um, uh, a backlash through their contact with their own MHKs to say, come on, what's this that Willis is saying? Is it right? And when they say no, you say, well, I'll contact him direct and find out whether what you're telling me is right, that it isn't right. And that's the way you've got to put yourself into a position where you're happy to take the flak and you're happy to make the bad. You have you're happy to make um, uh, you're happy to make uh, statements which don't gel easily with everybody else who's protecting everybody else's backs. That's the problem. 
The club and the club are looking after each other, not the public. The public have to be looked after by their, by their MHKs. They are the people who are paid to look after their money, not, their, not, not to be able to exploit looking after their, their money. And that's uh, simply the reason I think I would uh, make a, a good MHK.